Hey, welcome to the Remo Tlale Life and Faith Podcast, a long-form podcast designed to help you thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Okay, welcome everybody to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, incredible day for us here at the podcast. Uh, this is episode 54. Uh, that means we are just about over a year of the podcast. I cannot believe it. I, I sincerely uh, just want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to everybody who has contributed to the podcast, who's listened, who's liked, who's subscribed, who has left uh, ratings and reviews all over the place. I've, I've seen a couple new ones recently. And uh, man, just so grateful for all of you Um who listen and whether you listen you've been listening for the whole year since the first episode or you've come kind of come through on the journey somewhere midway uh, you are truly valued uh, and i cannot express uh, my sincere gratitude and um so today to celebrate the year um of the podcast episode 54 which is just crazy again um it's going to be a bit of a different uh, podcast uh, really what i'll be doing is looking back at some kind of really cool episodes some some of the stuff that uh, if you are on my instagram you would have seen I, I kind of asked hey what what episodes did you like what did you enjoy even on whatsapp i believe i asked got some great responses back people letting me know who they liked and why they liked them and, and what parts of things they liked and so i thought we'd listen back to a couple of episodes uh, little snippets from those episodes uh, that will hopefully be insightful again helping you thrive in life and faith really getting you to think about some things um, and then uh, at the end of the episode we'll look forward uh, where's the podcast going what is the hope and prayer for the podcast moving forward um, but again just wanted to express that man I, I could not uh, there's just no way that this could have happened without all of you and so thank you thank you and thank you again and so to give you a brief run through they're going to run back to back these audios so just want to give you a brief idea of, of who we have on the podcast uh, firstly we have Jacques uh, which was the first ever interview on the podcast so uh, that that's kind of to celebrate him and celebrate the idea of the first ever interview and then he's going to be talking about the idea of bible study um, and then we you know we'll have a, a bit here from Verna Foss uh, who spoke about this whole idea of being able to grow and what it looks like to have a growth plan um, and this was one of those crowd favorites a lot of people mentioning him in the in the podcast favorites um, then we had Sonto uh, about you know kind of deconstructing her faith and figuring out that this was her journey and how God worked in her journey um, and again another one that people couple of people mentioned man this is who uh, was really a favorite and then we'll close off with uh, Dave Pochter talking about John of the Cross and the the dark night of his soul kind of the first one or the dark night of the senses and he gives a great description there some great practical tips on how we can live and walk through those seasons of our lives um, and then when we come back uh, it will be me again and we'll kind of talk about where we're going where's the podcast going what can you look forward to uh, names of some guests that are kind of lined up and, and things that we're thinking about doing with the podcast so stick around uh, enjoy these conversations maybe go back to oh man i remember those episodes or what have you and if you are new to the podcast hey please go back and have a listen all these episodes are still available wherever you get your podcast from uh, and you can totally dive back into that content but without further ado here is this week's podcast episode be worthwhile yeah well um I'd probably say prior to, to getting to uh, kind of a practical thing to do, you have to have the right perspective and approach uh, when you come to the Bible. And this might be super basic and simple, but 
but I think to have a deep conviction that uh, this is the you know the word of God, the Creator of heaven and earth. Meaning, one is God loves us more than than anybody we know. Like His desire is to set us up uh, to thrive in life, to have the best life possible. I mean. You know, Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn, I came to save. Save from what? Well, one, save you from yourself, your sin, but also the corrupt generation and world around you and to give you life to the full. That was his intention. It wasn't to judge you. So one, he loves you more than anybody else. Secondly, he knows everything. Like he knows what's best. He is the maker of you, uh, the creator, meaning, uh, you know, he literally shaped you and formed you. So if you're talking about somebody that knows what's best for you, God has that down. So when you come to the word and you have the perspective that here are words from somebody that loves me with all of his heart, passionately, first uh, John speaks about that he loves us lavishly, mm. that and that he knows what's best. I think then all of a sudden our hearts could be at a place where we actually receptive to what I'm reading. Sure. Okay. So if you, don't have that. Then it becomes words on a page that confront you um, and cause you to change. And you might even decide, okay, it's the right thing to do. I'll do it. But, but I think that approach is, that perspective is very important. And I think if I, if I can cultivate that in myself the whole time, it changes uh, the way that I look at the word and, and the way the word changes me. So that, that I would say is one. Um, yeah. And then, Sure. Uh, there's so many things like I, I would want to say, but um, uh, but I think to to be able to get to know the big story of the Bible, um, you just have to read a lot. I I, I remember I decided uh, going back to that I was a smoker that that my Bible would become like my pack of cigarettes. Uh, that uh, that I would you know because I I don't know how many cigarettes I smoked but it was it was consistently through my day, yeah. uh, but I wanted the Bible to become that for me, and so so sure I'm going to have a set quiet time throughout the day, but even at night as I go to bed, you know that I can cover a big a big amount of passages and chapters on it. So it's just it's just immersing yourself in reading 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 the actual word. Um, so I would say that that's vitally important. And then what happens is as you get to know the word better, all of a sudden um, you're able to understand uh, things. You know, when you jump into the New Testament, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, like this sounds like what God did here in the Old Testament. Or when Jesus says this and you go to the letters of the apostles, you're like, wait a minute. That reminds me of like what Jesus did here. It's like, it's like you know, this amazing world opens up. Um, and then I think a very, very key thing, uh, you know, and this is where the challenge of, often lies, is you have to take the next step, which is, okay, I, I just, you know, I, I spend time understanding the passage and knowing the passage, but then, okay, what is this calling me to do or who is this calling me to be? Mm. And that implementing it in your life, um, you know, uh, brings about the metanoia, the transformation uh, which again, then, then leads back to, oh my goodness, God knows what he's talking about. Like <laughs> sure. he said, he said be, you know, um, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. This stuff works. Yeah. Like my relationships are better. So mm -hmm. it, it's like this cycle. But if you don't implement it and you don't realize the power and how it's transforming your life, then it just becomes an academic dead book uh, filled with cool stories, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so I would say those would be some thoughts on that.
So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, firstly, I, I want to say that I kind of fell into that. Okay. Um, only, only in the sense of like, I don't want to take any of the credit for it. I honestly think like, you know, God really loved me and stopped me in my mm. tracks, you know, because I, I think he saw my heart. He saw me coming out. He saw me learning about him. But then he also saw, you know, this this dysfunction in what we just spoke about, about sure, okay, this girl is here trying to belong to this community, but does she really see me, yeah. you know? And so I think, you know, God really worked in my sin. Okay. You know, I was... I, I was a part of this community and, and, and living with two sisters at a time. And, you know, I just remember had moved out of the house for the first time. And so, you know, just this independence of like, man, okay, I'm, 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 I'm an adult now. I'm living by myself. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, just really learning that, man, that journey in and of itself needs a lot of guidance. Mm. <laughs> You know, and so, yeah, so I was living with um, two friends of mine and, and, you know, we were all going to church together, but I was stealing money from them, you know, stealing money to get to work, stealing money to, you know, to make ends meet, um, but a part of this community. And so what really happened was I was living a double life almost, sure. you know, and so, but I think just I was crushed under this weight of my own sin. And I really thank God for 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 just allowing mm. that, just having this sin eat me, man. Because I I think just man the the women that I was living with at the time were amazing, and, and I think you know it really even revealed a part of my own character of like, whoa, you have a lot of ego. Like you could have just spoken to these girls and been like, hey guys, help me out. This is my situation. Yeah. But in wanting to assimilate and in wanting to be like, oh, we grown now, we've got it all figured out. <laughs> You know, I ended up kind of just causing affliction to my own relationships and to the own people that I love because I'm trying so hard to belong, yeah. you know. And so I really think just even that juxtaposition of, oh, I belong here, I'm loved, but I'm doing things so out of character of being loved by a community really got me to a place where I was like, man, I don't want to fake a relationship with God anymore. Yeah. You know when it's it's very clear, mm. like man, this relationship that you have with God, you are faking it. Sure. <laughs> and let me tell you something, you ain't gonna make it. <laughs> you know that saying, "Fake it till yeah. you make it," doesn't apply here at sure. all. And so, yeah, I think it was really, it was really that, and 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 I am so grateful for, you know, for the community because I had amazing people around me, amazing sisters, um, and and just people who loved me in spite of myself and in spite of my sin, mm. um, but people who were deeply entrenched in their word and who knew the love of God and who knew that that love transcends who we are. It's more about God. You know, yeah. God loves us because of him, not because of anything we yes. do. Um, and so having those kind of examples in my life really helped me to get to a place where, one, I could feel that love for myself and it's cool because the first time that I really knew that God loved me was when I was deeply entrenched in my sin hmm. and not when I had come out of my sin and was perfect. Sure. <laughs> no, it was actually at the low, low, low of my time where I was like, what? God loves me? Okay, like I'm going to get real about this. Like first thing, 
I'm going to do is let, you know, let these loving people know, like, what kind of a life that I've been living, that I have been stealing from them, sure. you know, and then after that, let me try and make amends, you know, uh, let me try pay the money back, let me, let me run you through the situation, I think, even with that, it's so funny, like, I still was trying to make my sin sound cute, I was still trying to be like, oh, sure. <laughs> You know, you know, just trying to get people to feel sympathy for what I was doing rather than just owning it, you know. And I think even in that journey, it really helped me to see that, man, the person that I'm actually struggling to let go of here is myself. Yeah. Like, there is, you know, the eyes of people and just wanting to be um, esteemed by people and just wanting to be seen as somebody who is great is so intoxicating. Yeah. <laughs> It is so intoxicating that even when I was trying to do the right thing and even when, you know, I was like, man, the Holy Spirit is really working on my behalf here and, and kind of like, you know, when God has just lined you up to do the right thing, I was still kind of fighting and crawling through that process because, man, I just didn't want people to see who I really was, you know. Mm. But I'm so grateful that now even sitting here speaking to you that what overrid those feelings was just knowing that man god loves me and he's willing to go through these lengths to get me to be in a great and amazing relationship with me that is real and that i can speak to as real you yeah know? um so yeah well i i love that and i think you know what i'm hoping someone who's listening to this hears is that it is possible that even in your darkest whatever you feel like is your darkest pit um, sin place, whatever, wherever that is, that you can be loved, yeah. uh, that you can be loved by God there. I mean, you know, because sometimes we can mm. think it's it's somewhere else that I need to go to, I need to get there. Like you said, I need to earn even the right to be part of the community. I need to earn God's love, but it's in the darkest yeah. space of my life that uh, that I could be loved. Um, and so, I guess you're not helping us to understand how does one come through the whole deconstruction of one's faith because you're saying man god did it right is is he he exposed my sin he he kind of put it in the light and then it, it yeah. was the simple journey of i'm just going to allow god to love me so much that i can be honest about who i am so so imagine if yeah. okay go ahead yeah well yeah what i what i mean there was one thing that i did and so i i obviously being the only one who was privy to like man your relationship is not quite what you make it to be um, I definitely prayed about that a lot. And so those were my biggest prayers. Like, God, okay, I know I'm not living the way that I'm supposed to be. But I also know, like, I'm too chicken to do anything about it. So do the things. <laughs> do the things. I'm yeah. You know, and I, 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 for a legit full eight months, prayed about God softened my heart. Mm. Softened my heart. Like, I get in front of people and I want to let them know the truth. I want to let them know that I'm stealing money, but somehow I just become more important in that time. And so I pray that one day I sit before someone and that doesn't happen. You mm. know? And so I prayed a lot about okay. it. I prayed a lot about okay. it. And then, yeah. Hey, quick one while listening to this episode, I just want to remind you of a partnership with Good Cup. Good Cup is a South African female-owned coffee brand with a mission to provide good coffee while driving community engagement and service. Good Cup also provides coffee truck, 
event services throughout the city of Johannesburg for special occasions. So if you are having a wedding, an event, or a conference that you require coffee for, please email them at goodcupbrand at gmail.com. And if you love coffee, like I do, uh, then the great news for you is that this partnership allows you to get a discount on any single Origin Coffee purchase that you make on their website. And all you have to do is type in the discount code code FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, FAITH, uh, on checkout and it will apply to your purchase. So please go check them out. We'll have links to the business on in the show notes. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Um, listen, there's no rocket science there in terms of, I would say it would be, uh, okay, so let me say this again, for me. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I would say that everyone needs to ask themselves, or I would encourage people to ask mm-hmm. themselves, if they've ever been in a state of brokenness, what led to that path? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if there was ever a maintenance of it, in other words, a maintaining of a longer period of living in that softer space. Mm-hmm. And if I say brokenness, I don't mean I'm weeping and crying, rolling around on the gro- uh, ground. Um, I remember, in your heart, it's not your garments. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about a sensitivity of heart. And for me, the basics were those. I would obviously be, uh, the obvious ones would be daily time with God, daily prayer, mm-hmm. uh, having people in my life. And then I think a, a huge one for me would be reflection. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I go through different seasons of my life. And I mean, one can do a whole podcast on reflection. But <clears throat> I tend to, for months at end, choose some questions. Mm-hmm. Usually at least, I don't pick a number. It's just, but for me, it just ends up to at least be five. I try to make it less. It's been 10, it's been three Questions I ask myself on a daily basis, every day, every morning, before I start reading my Bible. Okay. So in other words, I I ask myself, um, okay, so I can ask myself a question, did I love well? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then that love well has sub subheadings. So for sure. me, subheadings on the love well is that I treat every person like they're the most important person in this world. Yeah. Did I seek to understand or did I seek to be understood? Mm. Was I kind? Was I helpful? Did I add value to people? Okay, yeah. that all falls under the bracket of did I love well. Sure. So now I go and I look at my day gone by mm-hmm. yes, yesterday and I look at every interaction that I had in my mind's eye and I ask myself that I love well. Yeah. Then I look at every potential interaction I'm going to have today as planned, and I ask myself, what would loving well look like today? Mm. Okay. And then tomorrow I do the same thing, and the day thereafter, the day thereafter, the month's heading. Now I do the same thing. Um, I've got this question that I've asked for months mm-hmm. of, did I find my rest in Jesus? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so if I look back at yesterday, did I find my rest in Jesus? And then one of my sub questions in that is, did my heartbeat and my heart rate go to zero? <laughs> in other words, not that I'm dead, but that I'm com- <laughs> completely at peace and I found mm-hmm. my rest in Him. Sure. 
that I focus more on who I am becoming than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then again, I look at the day yesterday and I look at the day ahead. So what that does is it at least increases, and I know some people are going to well, listen to this, oh, that's a legalistic, and it's a bunch of questions, and this and that, this and that. Listen, I'm not saying do it. I'm saying this is what works for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Each man, sure. e each man to his own. Yeah. Okay. Um, but for me, my mind is filled with so many things. If every morning I can stop and I can think, and I obviously came up with the questions about what is important to me, what do mm -hmm. I want to do? Yeah. Am I emotionally exactly. connecting with my wife? Am I emotionally connecting with my kids? So those are some of my accountability questions that I ask yes. myself. Yeah. But then it doesn't take six months for you to say to me, hey, dude, how's it going with you and the girls? Mm -hmm. are, you spending, are you connected to your kids? I ask myself that question every day. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean I cannot drift. It just means that I'm more likely going to be aware that the... The slippage, <laughs> the sure. slippage, will be smaller. Yes. So if I if I slip, it's a slip of a day or two. Yes. If I'm self-aware and yeah. if I'm spend the time to reflect, okay. Mm -hmm. Versus you asking me that question six months from now. Exactly. Yeah. Now the slippage has been six months, so so I can catch myself earlier. Yes. And I said, oh, so now we're going to go into is it your work? Is it Grace? Is it this? Is it that? Listen. Obviously, as I'm reflecting through these questions, it's not my work, it's God's work. The question is, God, impress on my heart mm -hmm. what I should be seeing and what I should be thinking. Yeah. So, reflection is one, as I said, proper time in the Bible, remaining in Jesus. You, you, you can take your pick. Yeah. Uh, but there are certain spiritual disciplines that I think through literally the millennia, different people have practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to figure out what will lead them to that place. And I remember years ago doing a series where someone said, I couldn't believe I said this, where I said sleep is a spiritual discipline. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm gonna, I might, <laughs> might call this episode that so people, because some of us need to hear that. <laughs> uh, sure. <clears throat> because remember, if what is going to help me mm -hmm. to joyfully and eagerly submit my life to the rule and reign of Christ, what is going to help me to love well? Yes. Uh, for, for me, two very big ingredients is food and sleep. Mm -hmm. The less I sleep, the less likely I am, the harder it is for me to be Christ-like. Sure. So it doesn't help I read my Bible for two hours, but I only slept two hours. Yes. Yeah. I would have done better reading my Bible for 10 minutes, but sleeping eight hours. Yes. Now, I'm, not, I'm not promoting to read your Bible for one minute and sleep 20 hours. So. <laughs> and does that guy have podcasts we want to <laughs> we want to start following that exactly what church I, is not, that? I, I, yeah what church is i'm not promoting that i'm saying you need to figure out what is helping you to live in that space of brokenness what is helping you to live in a space of remaining in jesus sure what is helping you to be in a space of hearing god's voice and hearing his call yeah. And those are the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines, and that's a podcast in itself, like I said, reflection of spiritual disciplines are, yes. the spiritual disciplines are a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the end is, can I hear God's voice? Yes. And, and I think, so, 
this often happens and I'm, I'm totally cool with it, but I think you've already begun to go down the path which I wanted us to go down. But I do want to kind of summarize your story, right? So, so just, to, just to be able to wrap that up, because I think I would love for us to talk about, okay, so what do people do? How do, how do we implement some of these spiritual disciplines that you're talking about? Um, but, I mean, 28 years of, of being a Christian, you can hear it when you speak that there's a great amount of, of wisdom, a great amount of accumulated uh, failures and victories uh, over okay. the years. And, and I think what's so cool for, for me, especially as I get to sit here, is one, I'm learning new things about you. And I think we, we chat at least once or twice or three times a year on, on relatively important stuff, not, hey, how's the weather? Um, but sure. I'm, I'm learning new things. But I also think this is, it's super practical but it allows me to experience what what might have taken, because I've been a Christian now eight years, it might have taken another 20 <clears throat> years to get to where you are, but I can I can experience that and I can practically apply it now, uh, which helps me, you know, when I'm thinking, why the reason I'm putting that all into context is because it helps me to think about this time of the year, right? We're, we're recording this in, in early January. Uh, I can't be certain exactly when it will it will go out as, as kind of the episode of the podcast, but people are into the swing of, you know, resolutions, goal setting, whichever word people want to use. Although I've seen a lot of people just say, you know, what, we're going to arrive in 2021 and just see. Like, let's, let's just give ourselves time to see what, what this year holds. Um, but you've already kind of begun to talk about spiritual disciplines. And, and maybe that's the route we need to go down. In your mind, what would you say? Because there's a, there's a multitude of spiritual disciplines. But for you and in your life and what you've seen as common factors that help people to thrive spiritually, what would you say are kind of five key spiritual disciplines that people should be thinking about? I'm, I'm not going to say Bible study and prayer is obvious. It should be obvious. Sure. Okay. And it's having them and how to have them. So, yeah, I'm... Uh, 28 years ago, I was challenging the idea of if God is going to be your primary relationship, make time for Him on a daily basis. Okay. okay. And some people are disciplined and others not so disciplined, and this and that and this and that. But then uh, the dude that was helping me said to me, okay, dude, can you get up an hour earlier every morning to have time with God? Mm -hmm. And I thank him for it. And I've done that for 28 years. Okay, wow. so for 28 years... For me, somewhere, it's somewhere between 5 and 6 in the morning, depending on the season of my life. Mm -hmm. But 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning, that's when I get up. That's my time with God. That's the first thing. It looks the same. It's looked the same for 28 years. I'm, there mm -hmm. were times when I didn't drink coffee. Now I do for the last 10 years, whatever. I make myself a cup of coffee. Sure. I go and I sit and I'll bring reflection into this as well. I reflect. Mm -hmm. I read my Bible. I pray. And I do that every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there are days where I'm sick and I don't. I don't do it legalistically. I do it because I desire to do it and because I know the importance and everyone around me can feel it when I don't. So my kids would, there's been times where my kids would even have asked me, have you read your Bible today? No. <laughs> that's, that's intense. <laughs> yeah, because they sure. can see the difference. And so wow. I also say to people, uh, often people have said to me, I mean, it might be, for some of my, oh, well, I'm impressed if you read the Bible every day. Other people might not be. They say mm -hmm. you're so spiritual. I'm saying no. It's because I'm so unspiritual. Yes. Okay. I, 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 unfortunately, <laughs> I, my fuel runs out quickly. Sure. I didn't even make it to the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
uh, uh, trying to be like Jesus. Okay, sure. so by, by evening, uh, even my kids know this, that they'll ask me, <laughs> but I've trained them well, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll ask me, if they want to ask a big question, they'll ask me, where are your batteries? Sure. Because if the batteries are low, don't ask big questions. Yes. Yeah. And, and if the batteries are low, walk carefully. Not meaning that I explode. Yeah. But know that it's not going to be, a, this is not, I, I didn't just read my Bible. We're not at the end of the day here. Yes. Yeah, sure. And, <laughs> okay. and batteries get depleted. Yeah. The, the batteries get depleted. And someone even helped me along the way with that. That saying, the batteries going to, I'm not super, I'm not a superhero. Mm -hmm. Okay. But so that's one day. So if I don't fill up the next day. Sure. What does it look like? So I was already on empty tonight at seven. Yes. Okay. Well, last night at seven. If I don't, <laughs> if I don't fill up, buddy, you're not going to have, we're not going to even be able to do this podcast. And what is yeah. it now? 20 to two. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I would say the, the most critical is time and the word and prayer. No, and, and again, those are podcasts in themselves. So what do I read? How do I read? What does mm -hmm. that look like in prayer? How do I pray? What, do I, what does it look like? Sure. Do I feel like somehow I'm in tune with God and that we are walking together, not just in sure. that time, but from that time and through it. So those would be my top ones. And then obviously including that reflection and then the other big one would be people. Okay. So to have to have people in your life uh, whom you can um, again, each of these things that I'm saying to you is is like a podcast and discussions and discussions that we've had around our leadership table yeah. as to who, who what should this person look like that I need to be having in my life. What am I hoping for? What am I aiming for? Okay, but. Yes. What, what, what I'm aiming for in short is I want someone in my life and I want to be that someone who is sincerely interested in someone, mm -hmm. who's vulnerable with them, who invests in them, mm -hmm. and then have some form of training with them, accountability, and help me to take ownership of my life. So it's my life's my life. Yeah. If you're my so-called discipling partner, I'm not your responsibility. I am my own responsibility. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I need people in my life who can help me, but they can't help me if those things are not in place. Sure. If I'm not willing to take ownership for my spiritual growth, they can't help me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. But I want those kind of people. I want those kind of people um, in my life. And then I'll throw in there, call it a discipline, call it not. And this is a podcast in itself as well. <laughs> sure. Is, then I need to have a growth plan. Okay. That is generic. Yeah. Okay, so in other words, no matter what I throw into that mix, the likelihood of that growth plan helping me grow. Mm -hmm. we, we, I came up with these things because I realized I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. So if, if I'm planning <laughs> to be faithful to Jesus till I'm 80, Sure. And the idea is to grow and to reflect them into this world. And I better have a growth plan. <laughs> yeah. So John of the Cross looks at the spiritual life as a journey. Mm -hmm. And he frames it into these kind of different stages that we go through. And he starts off his description of what happens in a person's spiritual life and what he would call first fervor. First fervor is this idea 
that we're very familiar with in, you know, kind of our fellowship of churches, which is this when you kind of get converted into Christ, mm-hmm. you go through this really exciting phase, this kind of honeymoon period, right? Yeah. Everything is awesome. Yes. <laughs> the Bible's amazing. It just it speaks to your soul. Um, you want to save everyone else on the planet and help them see what you see. You can't mm. help but keep yourself excited. And, and, you know, with that, and this is what leads to this first, what he would call the night of the senses, okay. is what he would call this first period of the dark night of the soul that, that almost everybody ends up having to go through. And that is this idea that when we were in that honeymoon period, when we're in first fervor, we also develop this really strong spiritual pride. This kind of self-elevated view of who we are. We all of a sudden are Bible experts. <laughs> you know, we're all of a sudden have all the answers. We, yeah. we, you know, it, it's so that, that, you know, he calls it spiritual pride. It's this idea of this kind of self-inflated view. And, and it's funny how it plays out. I mean, it, it feeds off insecurity and jealousy. You know, we, we start comparing ourselves with other young Christians and, who's growing faster and who's a better disciple. And we get envious of people that are growing that we think are growing faster than us. And so that whole kind of world that happens is what John would say has to be rooted out of us for us to mature. Okay. So we go through this period and I think most of us can reflect back and remember, Oh yeah, where we lose the honeymoon, right? We lose the first fervor and it's painful. Right. Mm. So one thing that's really important to understand about John of the Cross in the dark night, whether it's the first night or the second night, is that it's God working in us. Mm-hmm. It's not our work. Okay. And I, I think that's a really important distinction. You know, we tend to be very what we would call active spiritually instead mm-hmm. of passive spiritually. We want to do we want to fix. We want to solve I just need to read my Bible more. I just need to pray more. I just need to share my faith more. Absolutely. And there's a, you know, there's an important place with that. But the truth is, the work God is doing in us is arguably more important than what we're doing in ourselves. Hmm. And so that's what John's addressing in the dark nights. So in the first night, what he's really addressing is God um, rooting out that spiritual pride bringing you back down to reality, helping you realize that this is a, you know, a struggle, dealing with your character, dealing with your life. Um, there's a lot of work to be done in our inner life. And so God has to kind of tear down that spiritual pride to get to that, right? Okay. So that first night, you know, uh, mm-hmm. night in quotes, it's not about a, a night. A night yeah. is a spiritual communication of a period of time when you don't feel, and this is what why it's the night of the senses, we don't feel necessarily close to God. We don't hmm. feel like we're doing well spiritually. God is stripping the, the things that are kind of that tactile, excited part of our spiritual life and kind of stripping us down to who we really are. Okay. And that's the kind of purpose of the, that first night, that first dark night. So okay. I would argue that, you know, and John would argue that almost every Christian has to go through that after their yes. kind of initial honeymoon period. And, and, and generally, how long would you say that fervor period lasts? 
is there general does, does John speak to how long it might last and and, and then even the, the the night period how long does that last uh, it's a roughly? really good question um, I, I think in our, our modern way of thinking about these things is very different than the way they would think about them 500 years ago sure and it's important to remember that John was primarily speaking to other monastics other mm-hmm. nuns and priests and monks okay. these are people who have kind of left the the world and come into a life of prayer. And so the way that these things play out for them would be a little bit different than it would for us. But he doesn't get into that. Now, what he does talk about is that that first dark night isn't a long period of time, the way that the second dark night can be a really long period of time. Okay. So he does distinguish between that. I, so, but he doesn't give kind of time periods. I think just from being in the ministry for a long time and working with a lot of a lot of young Christians, whether they were teens or campus or young adults, you know, you kind of start seeing patterns, right? Most yeah. of us, six to twelve months, the first six to twelve months, maybe even up to two years of our becoming a Christian, we're all kind of living in that the church is awesome, everything's awesome period, yes. and then. You know, and I think it affects different people different ways, and it depends on their maturity and their experience. But, you know, really in that, whether it's six months, 12 months, two years, you start going into this more, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. Sure. And that can take a few years, you know, to just kind of work out, like Hmm. finding your feet, incorporating this kind of, what does it really mean to live an integrated Christian life? And that transition... Right, where we're moving into this, I've left the world, I'm coming now into the Christian life. That transition and incorporation of denying self and following Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, it takes a good five to ten years to kind of make that just a normal part of who you are. Sure. Okay. So so what I'm hearing for the, for the young person, again, majority of the people who listen to this podcast, uh, I think the bulk, probably 80% of the podcast listeners are, are under the age of 35. Um is is man if you became a christian you know probably your first let's say up to two years is going to be just this time of epicness and then you would say potentially up to 10 years could be the dark night the dark night number one meaning the sensory you know kind of god stripping away the pride uh it could be that long yeah you know it's it's just really hard to to give those to give kind of years um okay and I think it just affects us all so differently. So I think maybe a more practical way of thinking about it is looking at marriage, mm-hmm. right? When somebody gets married, they go through the same process. Yeah. You fall in love. You, you know, the person you're in love with can do no wrong. Everything's awesome. Mm-hmm. As you just said, it's epicness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like being sure. married, honeymoon period. It's amazing. And then you go through this kind of weirdly critical – wait – she really bothers me. Uh, this is annoying. Why didn't I see this before? Yeah, sure. And it, and it, but it's not like it's you're just in it now. You're just mm-hmm. in this kind of irritated space for two or five years. It's not like that. Yeah. You have moments where it's like that, and then you kind of recover and you enjoy each other. And it's it's almost like a change of seasons. Mm, so okay. if you come out of winter and it's just cold, and then you get a warm day and it's more sunny – and then it's not for a while, and then you get a couple more warm days. So there's this yes. kind of back and forth thing until you really come into summer. 
Okay. So I, I think it's healthier to look at these phases as seasons of our spiritual development. I like that. And they come and go just like most things do in development. Yes. Okay. And so, so maybe, you know, again, because we're dealing with pre predominantly the group that will potentially be going through this first dark night. Um, what are some ways that, that, that you would say, you know, keep, keep at it? How, how does one say, okay, man, this mm. is getting hard. This is, it's pressing up against me. I can feel that there's just, ah, uh, there's just, it's not, it's not pretty anymore. It is. There's a, some, there's been warm days. <laughs> right. I've been loving the warm days, but there's some cold t nights here uh, between yeah. God and I. Uh, how would you say, okay, keep going? And I know you've already kind of touched on it because we do like the active, like, what do I do? Right. Uh, but maybe if, an, if, an, even if it is like, Hey, actually be passive in, in certain spaces, you know, help us out. How do we kind of journey through that? It's such a great question. You know, I think one of the biggest things for us is accepting the normalcy of it. Hmm. This is going to happen, right? You can't avoid that. Okay. There's, there's a lot of people that, you know, they just want to live in the honeymoon period. Now, for anyone who's been married for more than 10 years, you go, okay, the honeymoon's great, but Lord help us. I, I don't want to live there, right? <laughs> I, want, I, want my, I want my marriage to mature into a true integrated oneness, a true partnership. Mm. I mean, Beth and I are celebrating here 29, yeah, 29 years uh, wow. this month, actually. I wouldn't go back to my honeymoon period if you paid me. I just, I love what we have now. So what does that mean? I mean, you specifically asked, how do we engage this? I think number one, we have to accept this is part of the plan. This is part of God maturing us and it's good and it's okay. I think with that, okay. we got to talk about it. A lot of times young Christians are afraid to admit they're what we would call uh, aridity, that aridness, the dryness in their spiritual life. Mm. And I just, I'm having a hard time reading my Bible. I'm having a hard time praying. I don't, I don't feel the things I used to feel. And because we get afraid of talking about those things, if we bury them, they just seem to take more of a root in us. Yeah. So talking's important. Being open about the struggle's important. Recognizing that it's normal is important. And the church should be the place where it's healthy to struggle. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's huge. I think that's, that's important. Um, so one, accept it Two, recognize God's work okay. in us. Um, and, and just think about the fact that God's spirit is shaping us. A lot of times we don't like to think about suffering or trials or difficulties as spiritual there there is nothing more spiritual than suffering and trials you look mm. at the life of jesus the death of jesus the conversations about jesus in the new testament particularly in the book of hebrews it is through suffering that he learned obedience it's through suffering that we become spiritual yes. so that's important now there are some active things that john says are important in that first night okay we continue to go to the cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus. That idea of constantly thinking about Jesus, bringing your life to Jesus, imitating Jesus, that kind of discipline of mm -hmm. repetition, John would say is really important. I think with that, that's, that's really important, is 
reading your Bible, reading your Bible, reading your Bible, and praying. And arguably, I would say in the first season here, the Gospels are so critical. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Sure. Just the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that that building that into your life is just super important in this stage. Yeah. You're founding you're building your foundation of your spiritual life that you're going to be living on forever. It's like learning arithmetic. Okay. You've got to get your basic maths down, right? Yeah. Before you can move on to geometry, trigonometry, calculus, and, you know, Einstein's physics, you 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 can't do any of that without a great base of arithmetic and that's that's our spiritual life that those are those important years uh, Matthew five yeah. Ma, what's Matthew 7 says build the house on the rock you're building yeah. the rock during those those years okay 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 welcome back I hope you enjoyed listening to all of that um, I know I did when I got to listen to a lot of the episodes that people mentioned and listen to the content I'm just like wow we've actually had quite a rich year here on the podcast and I'm super grateful for everyone who was a guest and everyone who uh, has been following over the last year uh, you really are the rock stars and uh, sincerely hope that this continues to help you thrive in life as well as in your faith um, now looking forward um, not much is going to change. We're going to still continue to have great guests every week on the podcast, except for the first week of every month. Uh, every That Tuesday uh, will continue to be kind of a monthly teaching from me or monthly thoughts that I'm thinking, things that I'm processing about my own faith and my own life uh, that uh, somewhat people seem to be enjoying and, and, and connecting with. So hopefully those will be helpful. But then I'd love to answer questions in those times. So if you can send through any questions, anything you want to know, whether it's about me, about life and faith, uh, things that you're processing, maybe it's a question that you'd like me to answer, maybe it's a thought that you'd like me to think about and speak to, uh, whatever it may be, uh, please let me know. Uh, again, this this podcast, this hope is to be not just a kind of random podcast that you listen to, but really a community of people who are consistently pursuing greatness in their relationship with God as well as with people. And so we, we want to thrive. I want you to thrive. Uh, and so if you can shoot questions, comment, what have you, uh, that just helps us as a community to continue to do that. Um, and then, yeah, all sorts of guests uh, are, are coming up, uh, new, brand new guests. Um, and I'll give you a sneak peek. In the next month, we, we have uh, Zamalinda Kulu. We have Samantha Witt. Uh, who, if you know those names, uh, you know, there will be great conversations. If you don't, that's okay. You'll get to know them here on the podcast. Uh, and then we have hopes to have some really great um, professionals uh, back on the podcast, people who are, uh, you know, yeah doing what they're doing, the Dave Proctors of the world, the Michael Burns of the world, uh, back on the podcast. And then we also hope to have new voices, people that maybe you haven't heard of, and, uh, and just a mixed bag of different countries, different places, different situations, uh, but all people who have either been young and thrived in life and in their faith, or people who are young and are thriving in life and faith. And so uh, whatever happens, please don't unsubscribe, rather uh, click subscribe and then click share, share this with a friend. Help us to get the word out there so that uh, people can also, other people can also enjoy thriving in life as well as in their faith. Uh, but without saying too much, I just want to say thank you, thank you, and thank you again. Thank you for listening. For more thought-provoking conversations, subscribe to the Rima Klale Life and Faith Podcast. Please like, review, and share so that we can continue to help others thrive in their life as well as in their faith.